kids. Hey guys, want to guess what we're going to be talking about this week? Let's play a game! This game is called Symbol Symbols. We will describe some famous symbols for you. When you hear the drum symbols, call out what you think the symbol we are describing is. Ready? Let's see how many symbols you can guess. This symbol has two upside down U shapes on the top and a pointy triangle bottom. It's the symbol for love. A heart! This symbol is a circle with what kind of looks like a bird footprint inside of it. Inside the circle is a vertical line down the center and two lines coming from the center of the circle down at a 45 degree angle to the edges of each side. When you hold up two fingers in a V shape, you're saying the same thing that this symbol means. It's the symbol for... A peace sign. This symbol looks like the outline of a human face with two bones in an X underneath it. You'd probably see this symbol on a bottle of poison or a pirate flag. This symbol is... A skull and crossbones. This symbol is an S with a vertical line through it. This symbol is... A dollar sign. This symbol is three arrows usually green in color, that point to each other in a triangle shape. Hint, the three R's. The symbol for recycling. This symbol is also green. It's a plant that means good luck. This symbol is... The shamrock. This symbol is one long line coming down with a shorter line drawn halfway through it, making a lowercase t-shape. This symbol represents Christianity. This symbol is... The cross. Okay, so if the symbol representing our learning this week is the cross, what do you think we're learning about this week? The crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Let's listen to what happened when Jesus was crucified. The soldiers beat Jesus with whips. They put a purple robe on him. They made a crown of thorns and put it on Jesus' head. They laughed at him and spit on him. They called him King of the Jews. Many people followed the soldiers as they took Jesus to a hill near Jerusalem. They made him carry his own cross. They nailed his hands and feet to the cross and lifted it up. They also crucified two other men who were thieves. Jesus prayed. He asked Heavenly Father to forgive the soldiers who crucified him. They did not know that he was the Savior. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was standing by the cross. The Apostle John was there too. Jesus told John to take care of his mother. John took Jesus' mother to his home. Darkness covered the land. The Savior suffered on the cross for many hours. Finally, 
his spirit left his body and he died. When he died, an earthquake broke huge rocks into pieces. A curtain in the temple called the veil was torn in two. The Roman soldiers were afraid. One of Jesus' disciples took the Savior's body off the cross. He wrapped it in a cloth and placed it in a tomb, a place where people are buried. A big rock was rolled in front of the tomb. Those soldiers were treating Jesus really badly. Yes, Elder Oaks talks about how we can learn from this. Let's have someone read his quote to us. The Roman soldiers of Pilate were there when one of the supreme events in all eternity was taking place on the cross above their heads. Oblivious to that fact, they occupied themselves by casting lots to divide the earthly property of the dying Son of God. Their example reminds each of us that we should not be casting our lots for the things of the world, while the things of eternity, including our families and the work of the Lord, suffer for our lack of attention. That's a great reminder not to let worldly things distract us from spiritual things. All the other things we learn are from Jesus' example here. Even during all of his pain and suffering, Jesus was showing compassion towards the soldiers, and he asked Heavenly Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We can learn a lot from Jesus. If Jesus can forgive those soldiers for their terrible acts, what can you do to forgive someone who is unkind to you? Hi, my name is Kenzie, and I'm seven years old, and I'm from Utah, and today I'm going to share my story when my friends stole something, and the story begins now. So I got this really cool watch from Christmas, and I loved it so much, and then a few, a few months after Christmas, I brought it to school, and at recess, I left it on my desk so it wouldn't get dirty. And then when I came back in, I was like, oh no, it's gone. So, but I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just find it in my desk. But I couldn't find it anyway. I searched in my backpack. I searched in my desk. I was like, oh no. So I wanted to go tell my teacher. And I was starting to cry a little bit when I was telling my teacher. So then the whole class searched and searched and searched. But we still couldn't find it no matter what. So then when I went, went home, my my mom could actually track it down so she tracked it down and i fi and we figured out one of my school friends took it home and so then we we drive over to their house then we went to go knock on the door and my mom was st saying some stuff to their mom and then and then when I got my watch back I was like yes I got my watch but then the next day at school um, when she was just walking up I was there I was at school before her when she was just walking up she hid behind the tree so she wouldn't get seen because she was a little bit scared to see see me because at she school that she stole my watch so then I went over to her and I'm like you you just made a bad choice do you want to be friends though and then she just said yeah thank you for letting me share my story today bye hey friends my name is Asha Diaz and I currently live in Florida I've found it hard to forgive someone when they lie to me or they steal something that's mine. 
I let go of those feelings through repenting through Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. And then it gets easier for me to forgive others. I've needed to be forgiven when I hide something from my parents or when I get into an argument. Hi friends, my name is Amber D. I'm from Puerto Rico, but I found it hard to forgive my siblings sometimes. Sometimes they might blame me for something I didn't do. But I know that since God forgives me, it inspires me to forgive others. I let go of those feelings by noticing that I am forgiven daily and not just by God, but my parents, friends, and even them, my siblings. A time I've needed to be forgiven was by not sharing. Sometimes I become selfish and don't want to give anything, but I know that if I repent by heart, God will forgive me and other people will forgive me too. Thanks guys. Remember, we can forgive others as Jesus did. When we forgive others, we're not angry at them anymore and we show love to them just like Jesus would. When someone is unkind to us, we can pray to have Christ-like feelings toward that person. Or think of something good about that person. Now, it's time to play another little game. We have kid listener friends from age 0 to age 18. We're going to name some things that parents do for their children that children cannot do for themselves. So, if what we name is something your parents have to do for you, raise your hand. If what we name is something you can do for yourself keep your hands down. Depending on how old you are, you may raise your hand a lot or a little, so let's see. Got it? Raise your hand when we name something that your parents do for you that you cannot do for yourself. Tie your shoe. Cook a fancy dinner. Drive to church. Pay your rent. Iron your clothes. Buckle your seatbelt brush your teeth, read your scriptures, put your carry-on luggage in the overhead compartment of an airplane, change your sheets, check into a hotel, do your hair, reach things on the top shelf, pay taxes. Because Jesus died for us, we can be resurrected. That's something we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus died for us because he loves us. He went through all of this so that one day we could return and live with him and Heavenly Father again. Did you guys notice that in the crucifixion story that even in the agony Jesus was going through, he was still caring for others? While he was on the cross, Jesus spoke to John, his beloved disciple, to make sure his mom was taken care of after Jesus knew he would die. And who else did Jesus comfort while he was on the cross? One of the thieves that was being crucified with him. That's right. When the thieves saw all the people mocking Jesus, one of the thieves yelled out, If you're what you say you are, if you're the Messiah, why don't you save yourself? <laughs> and not. But the second thief said this, Leave him alone! Don't you fear God? Even when you are dying? We deserve to die. For we are receiving the just punishment for our crimes. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The thief doubted Jesus. The second thief admitted that he had done something wrong. He was beginning to repent. Yes, 
The second thief's words showed that he believed in Jesus, and the thief knew what the thief had done was wrong, and he was sorry for what he had done. Jesus, in his love and care for this man, told him, Today, you will be with me in paradise. So he said today, they would be together in paradise. Because of Jesus, just like this thief, we can repent of our sins and be forgiven. And if we want to be like Jesus, no matter what we are going through, we can think of and comfort others. In every word and deed, Jesus Christ exemplified pure love, what the Apostle Paul called charity. At no time was this more evident than during the final hours of the Savior's mortal life. His dignified silence in the face of false accusations demonstrated that he is not easily provoked. His willingness to submit to scourging, mocking, and crucifixion, while restraining his power to end his torments, showed that he suffereth long and beareth all things. In his final moments on earth, Jesus was doing what he had done throughout his mortal ministry, teaching us by showing us. Indeed, charity is the pure love of Christ. Okay, now it's time for a game called Rip It. You are going to need a scrap piece of paper and your parents' permission to rip it up. The catch is, if you rip the paper, you have to promise to clean it up when we're done, okay? Grab your papers now. If you're listening in the car and you don't have any spare paper handy, if your parents' car is as messy as mine, You'll probably have an old drive-through napkin or a crumpled receipt on the floor. Anything you can rip will do. Just make sure you have permission to rip it up first. Okay, now your job is to rip the piece of paper from top to bottom. Now do it again. Rip it from top to bottom. And again, rip it. How many times can you rip it like that? How many pieces are you left with when you're done? The person with the most pieces wins. Did you hear the part of the story that said while Jesus was on the cross, the whole sky went dark for three hours? The heavens and earth were crying out. Yeah, and when Jesus died, there was a huge earthquake. The earthquake was a sign that all the world was being transformed at the moment of Jesus' death. And there was a darkness all over the earth. We know this is true from the Book of Mormon. The scriptures even say that the rocks would rend, which means to rip. But the most symbolic thing that ripped was the veil inside the temple. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. The ripping of the veil happened exactly at the moment of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. The veil was a heavy cotton that separates the holies of holies in the temple. The veil being torn from top to bottom shows that it was a divine act from God. 
The veil symbolized the separation between God and man. Remember in the Old Testament, we learned that it was only the high priest that were permitted to enter in the Holy of Holies, and only once per year. Well, the tearing of the veil symbolizes the access to God that is now available to all people through faith in Jesus Christ, and the end of the Old Covenant and the beginning of the New Covenant through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Latter-day Saints who have entered in the temple can see how all men can become eligible to pass through the veil into the presence of the Lord to inherit full exaltation. What an amazing gift Jesus Christ has given us! After Jesus died, the Roman centurion saw everything that happened, and he declared, Surely this was the Son of God. We've asked a few listeners to share things about Jesus that help them know he is the Son of God. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm from Washington, D.C. My testimony about Jesus is he loves us all. Even if we're doing something bad, he'll still love us no matter what. And if we're sinning, we can turn back to him. He is the greatest of all. With God, nothing is impossible. With Jesus, some nothing is impossible too. Isn't that cool? And if we follow him, we'll be perfect too someday if we follow him. Hi, I'm Alora, and I'm six years old, and I'm from Washington, D.C. And Jesus loves us, and Jesus prays for us, and, G- and Jesus died for us so we can all live because he loves us so much that he can never stop loving us. He, he never, ever stops loving him for us. And, and he suffered for us. Hi, my name is Moana, and I'm 10 years old. I'm from Bakersfield, California. When I, think, when I think about my testimony of Jesus, I remember all of the miracles he performed. I also think about how he spent most of his time with sinners. It reminds me how he thinks that everyone deserves a second chance. Hi. My name is Mariah. I'm eight years old. My testimony of Jesus Christ is that he died for us so we can repent. Hi, my name is Maxwell and I live in California. I'm six years old and what I know about Jesus is that he died for us and that he loves us. Hi, my name is Tale. I'm from Las Vegas and I know that Jesus is true and I know that he answers all prayers because one time when I lived in Las Vegas, we were moving to Utah and then I prayed to find some friends. So then he answered my prayers and then he helped me find tons and tons of friends. And now I'm here and I know that Jesus is true. Hi, my name is Parker Simon. I'm 12 years old and I'm from Utah. I know that Jesus loves me because he sacrificed his soul for us in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's one of the greatest gifts because we don't have to be perfect. We just have to repent and say sorry to the person you did the thing to. Hi, my name 
Spencer's and I'm 11 years old from Utah and my testimony of Jesus is that I know he died for us so that we could repent of our sins through prayer and I know that he loves me because he's done so much for me and he's helped me through hard times. Hi, I'm Kaden and I'm eight years old. My testimony of Jesus is that I know he died for us so that we can repent and pray to him from earth to heaven. Whenever we pray, we can get our answers back from Jesus. My name is Tanya, I'm from Atlanta and one time I went to the temple open house and I could feel Jesus in my heart so strong and I know that Jesus is real and, and I'm grateful for Jesus and I know that, that the temple is his house. I want to bear my testimony about Jesus Christ. He is our older brother. He did everything. He went to the ends of earth. He died for us. He suffered every bad thing that's happened to us in the Garden of Gethsemane. I know he lives. I know he is the Son of God. That's all we have for this week. Don't forget to tell your friends about us. And until next time. Stay on the cotton.